So we're in a series talking about living a meaningful life. Living a meaningful life. And when I get to my deathbed, I want to look back and I want to be able to say, my life was meaningful. I want to be able to know that my kids were able to see, my grandkids were able to see somebody that lived a meaningful life. And without any names, obviously, but we all know somebody that lived a life that everybody just went, whew, <laughs> that wasn't meaningful. That was disruptive. That was difficult. That was hard. That was, that was wow, what was that? But we've also seen the people that when they've been laid to rest, we go, wow, that was meaningful. That was amazing. That's how to live life. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want that in my life. And so in this series, you can go back, you can listen to some of the sermons online. You could even watch them if you'd like. But it's an opportunity for you to grab some of the things in your life and begin to work in a way that, that you say, you know what, my life isn't going to be just about frivolous things. It's going, to, it's going to be about something that matters, something that is truly meaningful, not just for this life, but for the next life. So today we're going to talk about being bodybuilders. Do we have any bodybuilders in here? Mark, you look like a bodybuilder. <laughs> so obviously we're going to talk about the spiritual side of that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. He said, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. Though all its parts are many, they form one body. Have you ever, you ever just sat in the mall or somewhere and you've, you've watched people? You just watch them. That is so much fun. I, you know, Christmas time, Angela would always be out shopping into the, in the mall. And, and I'd go out and sit out in the mall and I'd just watch people. And it's so much fun to watch because they're all different shapes. They're all different sizes. They're all wearing different kinds of clothing that expresses their personalities. And some of them are wearing stuff that you're like, whoa, what made you think that was right, you know? And, and, and everybody's different. And then you could see somebody that, that is like way off in the distance walking away from you and go, oh, that's so-and-so. I know that person. Why? Why did you know them? Because their body is so unique. Everybody's body is so unique. We're all so different. And yet we're all still the same. I mean, have you ever seen people that their knees are like that? And you're thinking, well, how do they walk like that? And then there's people that their knees are like that. And there's people that their knees kind of go backwards. But it's all, it all works the same. Everybody gets to walk still. It's amazing how God created us with so much variety and so, much, so many differences, yet we all still function the same at, the same, at, at, at some level. Everybody is different. And so what are the major parts of the body? Well, you've got the head, you've got the toes, you've got the feet, you've got the legs, you've got the, the hands and the wrists and the arms. You've got all these different parts of the body. But then inside of the body, there's also parts of the body that hopefully you never see, right? And those are very important parts of the body. They're internal and the only time you see them is when something has happened. A problem has happened. That's when suddenly you see those parts of the body. There's been an accident or you're having surgery. There's, 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 uh, there's those parts of the body that are so vital, so important, but are never, ever 
seen. Well, Paul speaks many times about the body of Christ in his writings. This is something that is a theme throughout his writings in the New Testament. And I want us to take just a little bit of a look at that today. So first, let's talk about how the body of Christ is global. The body of Christ is global. Jesus is the head of the church, the body of Christ, right? And many people in the many people in the different churches and many different denominations even make up the body of Christ. And when you accept Christ into your life, it's awesome because you become a part of the global body of Christ. And this church is a part of the global body of Christ. A church that believes Jesus is the Messiah and accepts Him as Lord and Savior, he, they, that church is a part of the global body of Christ. So we're a part of something way bigger than just us today, aren't we? Each local church is uniquely shaped. Some local churches are like a hand, some are like a foot, some are like the head, some are like the heart. And, and we're a part of that global body of Christ. Listen, we may be small, but we're mighty. We're a part of something bigger than us. And our little church is affecting other parts of the world as we speak. You say, well, how is that? You see, we're connected spiritually, but we're also connected physically. How can we be possibly connected physically. They're on the other side of the world. Well, we give in missions. We give in missions. What is that? Well, last year we gave over $8,000. This little church gave over $8,000 to, to other churches on the other side of the world. Isn't that exciting? This year, so far, and we're just in, in August now, this month we'll have given over $6,000 just this year already. Isn't that exciting? So what are we doing? Well, I got a, a note from a church, um, a friend of mine, Mihai, in uh, Galatz, Romania recently, and we've been supporting their church for a long time. There's, and, and in this, this note, he sent me that, that there are more than a thousand long-term refugees from the Ukraine that have come into Galatz, Romania. And they are taking responsibility to do what it takes because these kids are not being allowed to go to school this fall. And this church that we've been supporting, that this little church has been sending money to every month for years now, this, little, this, little, this church that's, that's there is, is stepping to the plate and they're developing what's called a Ukrainian school with an after-school club. Isn't that exciting? Just for those. And, and we're part of that. You are a part of that. Your stability, you showing up here week after week, you being a part of this ministry, you being a part of what we're doing here, and, and, and being a part of what God is trying to accomplish through us touches people around the world. That's just awesome. It's a global body of Christ, and you're a part of that. It's huge. We're impacting lives together. And here, here's what's important. It takes every church doing its part to make the body of Christ function properly. Every church doing its part. Now, one part of one part at this point may seem to be small and insignificant, but we're doing it. We're small, we're insignificant feeling, but we're doing it. We're part of it. Now, let me ask you this: Do you know what the smallest um, muscle in your body is? The smallest part in your body is? It's uh, the stapedius muscle. Anybody ever heard of that? It's in your ears. There's one in each side. It's about a millimeter long, very small, 
And it's connected to the, the stapes bone, which is also the smallest bone in your body, which is two to three millimeters long. Well, what does that do? I mean, it's so small. Can you do without it? I don't recommend it. Because here's what it does. As you're having conversation with people, the stapedius muscle contracts or, or uh, reacts and it, and it reflexes and it causes that, that tiny little bone to close off the ear canal just enough that whatever someone is saying isn't going to be too much to damage your ears. If there's suddenly a loud noise, instantly your brain reflexes that muscle and like putting your fingers in, it instantly closes it off to protect your ears. Isn't that great? Aren't you glad God gave you those little two pieces in your body? It's awesome. What would your body be like? Well, it would be extremely annoying and it would be extremely deafening and painful when something loud happened or if I got up and started yelling on Sunday morning. So we want that, don't we? Every little part of your body counts. Every little piece of it, every little part of it counts. Every minute detail makes a difference. And how difficult it would be to function if you just had an ingrown toenail. It's difficult, isn't it? You're thinking, well, it's just a toe. Good grief, how bad can that be? And your whole day could be ruined by that. You get a splinter in your finger. What happens? You sit there all day picking at that one little splinter. Just a tiny little splinter in this huge body can just affect you so much. Every little piece affects you. Our presence in the global body of Christ, our presence makes a difference. Do you believe that? So let's talk about the body of Christ is also local, and that's us, together. There's the individual believers, which you personally are also the church. You personally are the presence of God, the church, God living inside of you. But there's the local body that you and I make up. And just as, as significant as our little church is in the global body of Christ, you need to understand how significant you are in this body. You're, well, I'm just one person. Really? You forgot how important you are to God. You're very important to God. And you're very important to us. But the body of Christ is local, and that's this church as well. Each individual part has significance. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If the foot should say, this is pretty funny. Paul's talking about, you know, he's using an illustration of the body of Christ. And he's saying, all right, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be a part of that body. What's he saying? He's saying we need to understand what our part in the body is and be okay with that. If the foot is trying to be a hand, that's a problem. If the eye is trying to be an ear, that's a problem. It's not equipped to do that, is it? So in our physical bodies, there are reasons that, that parts of our body lack a response or action sometimes. Haven't you noticed that as I get older, there are certain parts of my body that drag a little bit more. I'm like, hey, you need to wake up, right? Sometimes parts of our body are asleep. 
That's a problem. I remember when I was a kid, did you ever do this where you woke up and you'd been sleeping on your hand all night long? And you wake up and you're like, oh, what is wrong with my hand? It felt like a watermelon. I don't know if it was actually bigger and thicker, but it sure felt like it. You know what I'm saying? It was like, ah, what happened to this thing? And then as the blood would start coming in, do you remember the tingling feeling? It's like, ah, that hurts. This is not good. What happened to my hand? And then after a bit, oh, finally, it's okay, right? It was asleep. The blood had stopped going to my hand for Lord knows how long. Sometimes, you know, you'd be sitting a certain way, you got your legs crossed or something, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I got to get up. And you get up, and you, your, your leg is just like, oh, it's not there. <laughs> it's, it's asleep, right? And you start dragging your leg. I got to get to the door. So we have parts of our body asleep at times. And listen, I've never known a part of my body to fall asleep while I'm moving. It just hasn't happened. Why? Because blood is flowing into it, there's life flowing into it, and it's pumping, and, and if I'm tired and I get up and I start walking around, it's amazing how I'm not tired anymore suddenly. If I get up and go do some kind of exercise or, or an activity or something, suddenly I'm feeling good again. Well, sometimes parts of our church body are asleep. Oh, no, I wasn't talking to you, Tom, I just happened to look at you. <laughs> Tom's been awake the whole time, all right? <laughs> and, when the, and here's what happens. When the rest of the church body gets up to do something, oh, we're going to do something for missions, that's wonderful. And they jump up and we start going to, to, to do something for missions. All of a sudden, we're dragging Charlie. Hey, Charlie, come on. Come on, Charlie. He's asleep. He's not awake. He's stayed asleep. And, and Charlie's like, no, I don't want to do that. I, oh, the tingling is there and I feel bad. I don't want to wake up. And, and we've got to understand that there's going to be that along the way. And it's easy for parts of the body to just rely on the rest of the body to do its service, right? And so we need to, as a body, begin to function 100% where everybody is doing their part to the best of their ability. And what happens when that happens? Great things. Great things happen. Well, I can't do as good of a job as they're doing. So I'm going to sit. Well, I, listen, I don't, I don't want to do anything. I just want to be a part of the body. I, wanted to, I just want to be an appendage to the body of Christ. No. An appendage is like a goiter or something, right? You don't want to be that. You want to be a hand. You want to be a foot. You want to be something. Something that makes a difference. It's time for us, all of us, let's get some blood pumping in us. Wake up spiritually and begin doing. And when, when the body moves, that we move with it. When, the, when God calls us to do something, that we move with it. Well, I don't, I don't think God, I don't think Jesus would have done that in the ministry. Well, okay, but we're doing it, so... Come on, let's move together. Let's do what God has called us to do. Amen? The beauty of uh, Relate Church is we're still kind of like an innocent child. You know, when I see little Eli 
and he comes down and Laura Ashley hands him to me and he's just an innocent little baby. He's not done anything wrong, but he's just, he's just a baby and we don't expect too much out of him yet. He expects a lot out of us. And you'll be holding him and everything is great and all of a sudden he's going, ah! You're like, what happened? I didn't do a thing. I didn't move a thing. What happened? You just never know with a baby, right? But at this point, he's just pure and healthy. And, you know, every day, it just is a beautiful thing. And the question his parents are answering every moment of every day is this. What can we do to make sure that we've prepared this kid and have fed him and taken care of him so that he will be able to live a healthy and strong life, physically, mentally, socially, spiritually, every way. What can we do? That's the question they're already trying to answer every moment of every day of his life. And later on, that question is going to have to be answered by him. What am I going to do? What am I going to feed myself? What am I going to take into my eyes and my ears? And what am I going to do in this life that is meaningful to make my life something that is not just worth living, but, uh, but meaningful and healthy and strong? Because how he lives, what he eats, and where he goes, and what he allows into his body will affect the longevity of his life. That's just reality. So, and, and have you noticed that kids get very frustrated when, you know, they've got older siblings and they're like, well, I want to watch that movie too. No, you're not, you're not old enough to watch that movie yet. So you got to tell them, no, I'm sorry, you can't watch that movie yet. Why? Because it's not healthy for you. Well, it's healthy for them. I know, but they're older. But I'm older and I can handle it. No, you can't. And, and, and then, then you just, just give them a taste of it. All right, here's a shark eating somebody. Just give them a taste of it. And then they're like, oh, I'm scarred for life, right? And they'll remind you of it for the rest of their life that you let them see that. So you have to be careful with kids that you don't do that. But there are more restrictions on the little ones. And there's protection that you put on the little ones. They can't stay up as late at night as the older ones. And so they'll lay in bed and they'll just be angry as long as the older ones are staying up. Just to prove to you that they could have stayed up that late, right? Kids. The same is true for our church. And we need to see it and understand it as our church family grows from infancy and through toddlerhood into childhood and into teenage years. Our church family, it's important for us to understand that there are stages that we're going through and that we're responsible to make sure that we, we hold true to those phases and those stages as, as we go through it. And, and it, like watching a child grow, the key is patience and keeping the main thing the main thing. What is that? Growing a relationship with God and growing relationships with each other. And so as we grow, that's what we've got to keep as our focus and making sure that that's what we're about. And babies, they struggle with everything, don't they? I mean, Eli, he just, you hold him and he's like, oh, 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 oh. he's just continually grunting. You know, I'm like, man, what is wrong? I don't remember this, you know? I raised four of them a long time ago, and he just, ah, but he's constantly moving. He's like, ah, ah, 
sure. He's just moving all the time. He's building muscle, though. He's getting blood flowing to all of those parts in his body. And he's just grunting all the time. And, and you've got to understand, we struggle as a, as a younger church. We struggle. And now, I'm not talking about age-wise. I'm talking about spiritual age. We're at a spiritual age that we're still young as a church family. And, and the question has to be, how are we going to grow this church family healthy and strong? What, are, what decisions do we have to make along the way that are healthy and strong? And as a body, I'm just asking that we be patient as we go through that process. You know, we, we make sure, what do we eat? Spiritual food, right? And what happens in this church from teaching to the pulpit to everything that is said in the classrooms for kids and in our small groups, we got to make sure it's spiritual food. We're not here to just have a club. You can go down the road and find that, right? And there's a balance. There's a balance between knowing that you and I are sinners saved by grace, but also knowing that there needs to be health and integrity to, for, through those who teach and those who are part of teaching our kids' church and those who are, are, are the face of the church, like the people that are up here that everybody looks at and sees, right? And, and let me ask you a question. Don't you want God's blessings on our services and on our church? You want that, don't you? And in our attempt, and I'm just going to give you some history here, in our attempt to get the body together and doing things and recruiting people. Through the years, we've recruited people to sing and we've recruited people to play instruments and to be a part of the face of the church. We're talking about the body still, right? And, and, and we thought that these people were enough grown spiritually that they could handle that kind of thing, that they would appreciate the opportunity of being involved in something like that. But then you'd go home and you'd see them on Facebook and, you know, mixing a drink I'm not talking about drinking theologically today. I'm just talking about the face of it, mixing a drink, and it got salt and all that stuff, and I don't even know what that's for. But nevertheless, you got that going on, and, and, and there, then we had situations where we had uh, platform attire. We had to come up with uh, things to, you know, okay, this is what we need you to wear. And we would have to talk to them about the ladies were distracting during worship because some of the things that they were wearing. Do I have to go any further in saying that? And, and, it was, and, 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 and we actually had them get mad because we'd be like, hey, do you mind covering up? What? <laughs> what? It was frustrating to us, right? And uh, finally got to a point where I sensed from God that, you know what, we just we need to stop. And we just need to grow the team that we've got here now. And this is safe. This is good. Let's stop. And I made a mistake, and I allowed someone to join along the way at one point, and boy, was that, I paid for that. And so we've, we've, we just stopped, and I said, okay, this is what God wants at this moment, all right? And the bottom line is this. We have people on this platform that are good at what they do, and they work hard at it. God is able to bless our services. Every Sunday, you're not sitting out there wondering, man, what do we, I saw them on Facebook doing this and that. <laughs> you got, are y'all following me? So what am I saying? I'm saying what, I, what I'm trying to ask you to do is be patient as we grow. These are hard decisions. 
And as we grow this body of Christ, we want you to use your gifts and your talents because God gave them to you. But we also need you to grow. And as we grow as a body, you need to grow as a part of this body of Christ. And that will make us healthy and strong. Makes sense. So here's what I suggest. If you have gifts and talents that God has given you, he's going to open the door for you to use those gifts and talents at the right time. And here's what I suggest, that you grow trust with us and you grow spiritually in the meantime. He will open the door and he will make it happen. And listen, we have the responsibility as a church to grow this child into a healthy adult at some point and pass it on to our kids and grandkids. That's our responsibility. And so we have to be careful with that. We want them to grow up and be strong, don't we? And here's the cool thing. God wants to make something great out of you in your ministry. Please don't, please don't let that just fly right over you. What is the most ignoble thing in a household? I got something worse than that, brother. It's close, though. There you go. Can you imagine being a plunger? Just imagine it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, plunger. It's pretty necessary at times, though, isn't it? Your guests are very grateful for a plunger sometimes, right? It's a plunger. It's necessary for a household. And here's the beauty of what God is offering us. He says, you know what? You've got a lot of past. You've got history. You've got things that you've done that are wrong. You've got things that you participated in. You've made wrong turns in your life. Your life is a mess. But when you come to Christ, you know, you're like a plunger in the, in, in the, in the house. You're, you're an ignoble person at that point. And what God wants us to do is decide, I'm going to be more than just a plunger. I'm going to make myself better, and I'm going to grow in God's kingdom, and I'm going to do something different with my life. And I want to read a scripture to you. And, and, and here's our responsibility. It says, in a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers used for, to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. We all know the garbage needs to be taken out. We all know we need a trash can. We all know we need all this stuff, right? But there's also the beautiful goblets. There's also the beautiful crystal dishes and things. And, and what's the difference in it? What is he saying? Is he saying one is more important than the other? No, we're all, more, we're all very important. But here's what he's inviting you to. He's inviting you to change your life and become somebody that is more presentable, more, somebody that is more capable of doing more in the kingdom of God, that God can put his stamp on and say, yes, this is my child. And look at them flourishing. Look at how much growth that they've come in their life. He says, he says, become the kind of container God can use to present 
any and every kind of gift to his guests for, their, for his blessing, for their blessing. Isn't that beautiful? That's the invitation that you can become more beautiful. You can become more strong. You can become somebody that God is like, wow, look at this. It's awesome. He says, run away from childish indulgence. Run after mature righteousness. What is he saying? That takes a long time to get mature. Like our church, it's going to take a long time for us to get mature before we've developed all of these different ministries that you so badly would like to get involved with. And, and let's, let's work on those things. Let's openly communicate about those things. And let's work towards it. Amen? But we've got to be patient and we've got to let maturing happen. And not only in our church family, but you as an individual need to mature as well. He says, run after mature righteousness, faith, love, peace, joining those who are in honest and serious prayer before God. Refuse to get involved in endangered discussions. They always end up in fights. God's servant must not be argumentative, but a gentle listener and a teacher who keeps cool, working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey. So we're going to have people along the way that refuse to obey, that refuse to, they refuse to see the good in this. You guys understand that, don't you? That's just part of it. We've just got, that's why it's so important for us to work together as the body of Christ. He says, working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey. You never know how, how, <clears throat> how or when God might sober them up with a change of heart and a turning to the truth, enabling them to escape the devil's trap. That's what you need to understand also. When, when people are that way, they're just in the devil's trap. We, just, we can be loving, we can be patient with them, and we can try to communicate with them. But they're, they're in a devil's trap. But maybe the Lord is going to be able to change their heart. And he says, where they are caught and held captive, forced to run his errands. So it's important for us as the body of Christ to recognize we've got a part to play. You've got a part. You've got a specific part to play. And you say, well, it's this. And we're not there yet. Well, then, then start with where you can today. Start with where you can. Start with where we are and start where you are. So we should do our part. All of us should do our part. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And that includes you. That includes you. Yeah. Well, John, I don't know. That sounds like a lot of work, John. It is. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a lot of work. The question is, is it worth it? It's the same question that my kids have to answer every day when they look at that little baby and say, is it worth it to take seriously today what he eats, how we treat him, how we take care of him? Is it worth it? 
And the question that you've got to answer yourself is, is my life worth being meaningful? Is it really worth it that I put in the work and the effort to do what God has called me to do in this kingdom? And I can promise you, if you make the choice to make your life about that, you'll never regret it. For eternity. When you get there, I would imagine the first thought, it's going to be, I'm so glad I made that life about this. Or just the opposite. We must honor every part of the body. No matter if they're the plunger kids church worker greeter every part makes a difference. Every part. And the truth is, there's more responsibility with every, uh, every part as you just work your way towards it. There's more responsibility. And look at what he said here. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Now listen, if I ever tell you, if I ever tell you anything like, I don't need you, here's what I'm communicating. I'm communicating this. I'm not going to use you for me. I'm not going to placate you. I'm going to do what I can to offer you an opportunity to serve in God's kingdom. And I will do what I can to encourage you and to bless you along the way. But please never take my compliments or anything like that as placating, trying to use you. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. We need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. You are a meaningful person in the kingdom of God. But John, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. Okay, we don't care if you're the plunger or worse. What we care about is where are you going? And what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You can become one of the most important people in the kingdom of God. Does that mean that you're going to have accolades? No, does that mean that you, probably not? Some of the most important people in the kingdom of God, we've never heard their names. 
your life can be meaningful. And so the body of Christ, the church, is here for you to begin to use your gifts and your talents to function within that body in a way that you, you see why God created you. And it's beautiful. And as we grow, we'll have a bigger part to play in the global body of Christ. It's just awesome, isn't it? And God made this for you. God made this for you. It's awesome. Would you bow your heads? Maybe you're here today and you're not a part of that body of Christ. You haven't accepted him into your life. This is the moment. Jesus died for you, and he loves you. He paid the price to have a relationship with you so that all of your sin, all of your shame, everything that you've done that's offensive would be paid for, and he forgave you for that. And so what that means is no longer is getting saved about forgiveness because that's already been done. It's deeper than that. It's bigger than that. It's about a relationship with Him. And that is to ask Him, God, what do you like and what don't you like? And I want you to come into my heart and I want to accommodate for you living inside of me for the rest of my life. I want my life to be your life. I give it to you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. And I offer myself up to you now. And I want to live for you. Just do that right where you're seated. God, Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for coming into my life. Maybe there's somebody here right now accepting Christ into their life. And I pray, Father, that a peace that surpasses all understanding would just begin to fall on them. They would sense right now that your presence has filled their body. Thank you. They've become the church, the church, the individual, the place where God dwells. Bless them for it in Jesus' name. Bless them now. Thank you, Father. And now, God, the rest of us, we've got our part to play in this church. Each and every one. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to work towards finding our part. Using our gifts, using our talents, our abilities teach, preach, to sing, to play an instrument. God, to do what you've called us to as you grow this church body to a place where we can have all of the things that we need to be healthy and strong as an adult. I pray, Father, that you'd plant seeds in people's hearts right now to begin working towards being the person of integrity, being the person that is capable of of doing what you've called them to do, to start working towards that immediately. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. Amen. So let me ask you, what say you? Are you interested in doing what God has called you and gifted you to do in His kingdom?
because that's what's, what it's going to take for us to do what he's called us to as a local body for the global body. Are you ready? Listen, in just a few weeks, these chairs are probably going to be full. As we get into the school year and stuff, there's going to be people that come in with needs. Are you ready? There's something for you to do. Amen. Amen. Chuck and John, can you guys help us serve communion?